All right, welcome in another episode of the Blues Plus podcast for this postseason. I'm Corey Miller here with Hannah Yates and Ahmad Hicks. Uh, it's been a little while. Last one of these we did was after Game Two, with the Blues down nothing and things were looking pretty bad. I, the Blues are on the brink right now as we record this, but there is reason for optimism. They've had a lot of good periods, individual periods, I would say, uh, coming after the Canucks pretty hard. But they just dropped game five uh, last night, which would have been Wednesday night, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. So they are on the brink, and uh, hopefully this isn't one of our last podcasts of the postseason. And I don't think it will, because knowing these Blues, I think they're going to come shot out of a cannon for game six, inspired by Craig Berube. Uh, tomorrow night. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts at this exact moment? Are you still pretty confident in the in the Blues? We know we've seen them come back before, but they are on the brink. One more loss and the season's over. I think the first thought that comes to mind for me is that you're probably going to see a new goalie in net. And granted, you know, it's one loss and Jake Allen, I mean, it, some of these goals, there's really nothing you can do with some of the odd man breaks and there's no defense in front of it or you have a Petrangelo broken stick in some interesting scenarios. But I do think you might see Jordan Bennington back in net. Granted, he's he would be entering during an elimination game, but at the same time, um, I think that it would just be interesting to see what this lineup will look like. I think the there will be tweaks that way, but I still have confidence in this team. Granted, they gave up a two-goal lead, and Vancouver really climbed their way back, and somehow the Blues could still not net one to tie the game, but I still have confidence in this team. We know their ability. I mean, I think when you're talking an elimination game, you have to want Bennington in net. If you pull up his stats, he's 3-0 and in elimination games and has a 965 save percentage. So, I mean, that's really, really good dating back to last year. Small sample size, but – I mean, you know, the bigger the moment, I feel like the bigger he is, the bigger he plays. So, um, confident to him, but I think we have to um, really look at the fact that it's really not about Bennington or who's in net. It's the simple fact that we have to pay attention to the rest of the game. Do they play? Will they play a full 60 minutes? I think if they play a full 60 minutes, they win with ease. Yeah, even I think it was Braden Shen. One of the players, I'm pretty sure, just kind of was like, yeah, we just kind of fell asleep or we don't really know what happened. Uh, once we got up, took our foot off the gas. I think maybe it's what uh, the exact wording they use. But we've seen when they do have that foot on the gas, they are coming after their, the Canucks pretty hard. They're getting to their game. They're controlling the puck uh, in the in front of the net. Pretty much, I don't. I guess those middle two games they won. It seemed like they were in control the entire time, and it seemed like they had the puck the entire time. 100%. It's it's really interesting to see the breakdown of everything because this is a team who last year, you had so much confidence in them because you knew how resilient they were. You didn't see games where the losses were because they just looked like there was nothing left in them. There was no chance of them winning the game, which you ended up seeing at the end of the third period last night. Falling asleep on the ice isn't a way that the Blues would have described themselves during their playoff run last year. You just never heard anything similar. It was, yeah, that was a tough game. We had a tough break there, this and that. But this is a completely different description. I I think it's interesting to hear even a player say something like that because you just typically wouldn't hear Braden Shen say something like that. It's not his mentality. But I think looking forward, there were some really good things. Five-on-five play has been so strong and essential in these games. Granted, 
their their power play and their penalty kill haven't been great in all of the games, and that's something that they really have to work on. But I think five-on-five play is what carries you and helps a lot during the playoffs as well. I think if they can do that, it'll be a great step forward. But it really has to be that full 60 minutes of hockey that Craig Berube talks about all the time. You can't just play 20 or 40. It doesn't work that way in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think we also have to give credit to Markstrom. I mean, how incredible has he been in the opposing goal? You know, it doesn't seem to matter what the Blues do. You know, he brings his A game, you know, whether he has a few lapses. So I think it's going to come down to which goalie is better um, tomorrow night, uh, and that'll be interesting. So I think we'll have a low-scoring game, if you ask me. Yeah, I uh, talking about goalies a little bit more. I didn't think they'd go to Allen, and they did, and he was great. But then I thought, like we talked about, I thought if he's lost a game, although I, you can't call game five his fault by any means, I don't believe. But if he ended up losing, I think they're going back to Bennington. And I think that was probably not the plan, but I think Craig Bruby always kind of was thinking that way. I, I think we'll see Bennington in game six. And I do have to uh, – I got to give a shout-out. Um, I kind of threw Justin Falk under the bus, and yeah. he's been playing pretty – He's been playing pretty well the last three games. I think that uh, – I guess it was game three I thought was maybe his best game I've ever seen him play as a blue. He was everywhere. He was engaged. He's been playing a lot better, uh, but the defense as a whole, still a pretty sad situation uh, in my estimation when I watch him. Yeah, I mean, confidence. you have to love what Justin – yeah, I was just about to say that, Hannah. Confidence. It's, it's amazing what you – what you see when you see players play with confidence and it's sort of swag, you know, and uh, it, it seemed like they were laying it all on the line in that uh, game three game, essentially a, an elimination game. And I think that's what you're going to see tomorrow. Braden Chin is going to be relentless. David Perron is going to always be around the net. You know what you're going to get out of Ryan O'Reilly. So I think you're going to get a group that uh, is competitive, especially in the ozone. But Corey, like you said, the defense, I mean, that has to improve, you know, tremendously in order for them to be a really, really good hockey team this year. So um, that's up in the air, um, but I'm pretty sure we'll get a team that's motivated tomorrow. I think so, too. I think it's going to be important. Like, you have to be able to run all four lines deep. You have to be a deep team. You have to be able to play with that depth. The momentum started when Ivan Barbashev and the fourth line was out throwing hits, and Braden Shen had a lucky line change situation yet again, just like the game before where he was able to score and help the team win. He came up and, and entered into the line change at the perfect timing to get that break and score. But it comes with situations like that. That situation wouldn't have happened had those hits not been laid on at the perfect time by that fourth line. They had like six hits in one shift. It was unbelievable. But the momentum grows from that. But you have to have all four lines running deep. What was helpful at the beginning of that game is when you have a Braden Shen, a Jaden Schwartz, Ryan O'Reilly, your top big guys on the team, the veteran players showing up and playing. But you have to have this from everywhere. You saw in the playoffs last year, D-men were scoring at a higher rate. You've had just a lot of different factors, and we have to see more contributions from defense, both defensively and offensively after last night, in my opinion. Yeah, there were three different guys. Dale Rose, who, I, who had a pretty good game last night, I thought. Uh, Barbashev and Shen all had six hits. So, I mean, before the Blues blew it, they were flying around. They were to their style. They want to play. And let me just say, I'm not going to – I don't consider myself like a hockey guru, and I, I didn't grow up at the rink every day and stuff like that. But I watched a lot of hockey. Ryan O'Reilly is definitely the smartest hockey 
player I've ever seen. He's always in the right spot and knows the exact right play to make. And, I mean, this postseason, it's just been a joy watching him play because he he never messes up, it seems like. It seems like he's playing in slow motion, right, Corey? Like, everything is just slowed down for him. He always is thinking essentially two plays ahead or two passes ahead, should I say. Uh, it is really fun to watch him at work. And I think in, in order for the Blues to be successful, he has to contribute in a huge way, whether, you know, it's assists, whether it's uh, scoring goals, whatever the case may be, you know, the more successful he is, the better the Blues will be. And a fun little note, he scored 12 goals during the regular season up to the NHL pause. He scored four goals in the last eight games alone. So he's already made up a third of the goals that he scored during the regular season in just those eight games. And now once you're kind of on that roll, it's just going to come easier. But it really comes from the players that you're surrounded by. You talk about his finesse, his skill. He's a selfie finalist because he does all the right things defensively as an offensive player as well. He does all those little things to set up his teammates. But you really have to get that from every single player every single night in order to make a run in the playoffs. It's like a Jaden Short scenario last year when he outscored himself in the playoffs um, from what he performed in the regular season. Uh, but, I mean, O'Reilly just – I guess he just knows him and Perron are the guys throwing shots at the net. And, I mean, I'd like to see a little more uh, offensive outputs. I'd like to see Robert Thomas shoot the puck more, uh, oh, quite honestly. Yes. He oh, makes, my, yes. I mean, he makes he makes guys look silly out there, but then he doesn't pull the trigger, and I'm sitting there yelling at my TV because, man, if he puts a few of these on, one of them's going to go in. He's he's maddening me right now because he's so good, and I just want him to shoot more. Maybe, and one guy that I want to see do more is Kairou with the absence of Tarasenko. Kairou is so fast and so shifty on the ice, and I feel like he has to play with a little bit more confidence because he, you can tell he has the skill set to succeed in this league, and I think he's just playing a little timid, like, hey, let me make sure I get the puck to the guys that, you know, have a little bit more experience, but I think he needs to attack the goal, put some shots on net, and um, I think, you know, if he can contribute, uh, you know, along with the big names like the Perron and the O'Reilly's and all those guys, I think, you know, it just, the more the merrier, it just makes the Blues, you know, that much harder to beat. I agree with that. I think that even defensively, you see Colton Parego, Alex Petrangelo. There's a couple of times where you just see some of the big defensemen who have a slap shot that's minimum 103 miles per hour in Colton Parego's situation hesitate on when to shoot the puck or when to at least put it near the crease. And it's more of just kind of passing back there. I can't decide if that's more of an insecurity of not knowing if they do that, if there will be a rush break from Vancouver and they can't get back in time just different mentality it's almost just needing to trust their game trusting their defensive process in those situations but I think if you even get the defensemen contributing more offensively the way they did last season on an every game basis you would see such a difference right now. Ahmad you mentioned him and I guess it seems like it happened a long long time ago but we got news between our last podcast and this podcast that Tarasenko has been sent back to St. Louis for another look at that shoulder. And in just my gut, I think we're not going to see him the rest of the playoffs. If I had to, to make an educated guess, I think they're going to end up shutting him down again, which is probably, honestly, the right move for the rest of his career to make sure he doesn't further injure himself. But without Tarasenko, this team uh, was the best team in the Western Conference. So, I don't I usually use it, losing your uh, most talented offensive player would be a huge problem. But for the Blues, 
they're used to it. They've been without him for a while now. So I don't think it's going to be that big. Obviously, you'd love to have him, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal when it comes to what these guys know they got to do. Yeah, that's for sure. And, I mean, they have that mentality of next man up, and uh, they have plenty of skill, you know, to fill in for that position. But it just kind of makes you think um, about Tarasenko and long term because the fact that, you know, he, he's dealt with the shoulder. He, he was out for four to five months, and then he comes back, and then he gets hurt within, you know, three exhibition game round-robin games, the exhibition game, and two playoff games. So it's like, how healthy is this shoulder? How strong is it? Will it be able to last, you know, another four to five years of consistent beating, you know, for five to six months? So I think that's a question that Blue Hands will have to think about the time, but obviously not now. Sorry, Ma, go ahead. I'm done. Go ahead. So I just think to add to that, you have to imagine if they're taking the time to send Vladimir Tarasenko out of the bubble, which when you reenter, you have to quarantine in a hotel room for 14 days by yourself. You are being sent there. You're not just going to see a doctor and he's like, oh, nope, you're good. Go back on up to the bubble. You have to imagine that there's some sort of process. There's something dramatic to where he would be sent here. And Craig Ruby is usually a pretty optimistic guy, even in situations where you're like, ah, I don't know if you can be that optimistic. But for him to say that it's not great, it doesn't look great, for him to kind of just show that there is some negativity in this situation, I think kind of dramatizes everything that's going on and just shows that, yeah, I mean, even if you would go back, that's two weeks. That's almost, I mean, that's a full playoff round right there, right? I mean, two weeks, it's when would he even make it back? It's, it's unfortunate that well, this team has showcased their depth of what they can do. I thought it was 14 weeks too, but Barbashev, uh, when he came back to the bubble, he didn't sit out for two weeks, did he? Because I felt like he just had his kid like, I, I don't know, 10 days ago. I think he was quarantined for at least seven days there, but he also had to do a procedure and pass three negative tests prior to entering the bubble. And so I'm not sure the exact amount of days that's just what NHL protocol is. Who knows if it was actually followed to a T. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, either way, uh, the, if the Blues advance, they're going to be without Tarasenko for, it looks like, a little while. It's a very curious outlook. Uh, I think we're all pretty positive, though, if I had to take a guess in the Blues in Game 6. We definitely think there's going to be a Game 7, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They can't go out in the first round without a fight going down seven games. I would be I think there's gonna... if it wasn't. I think there's going to be a pride thing that comes in, too. These guys, they're the, the defending champs. They don't want to be one of the first teams sent home. And obviously, you don't even have to say that, but now it's here and it's a possibility. I think it's really real. Okay, we're the defending champs, so we could already be packing our bags to go hit the golf course while everybody else is still competing for a Stanley Cup. So I think we're going to see – a very energized Blues team, kind of hopefully like we saw to start the game, uh, start game five, I thought they came out flying. And hopefully Markstrom isn't quite as good because if he's good and he's on, I think everything might be a moot point because he has the ability to shut everybody down. Okay, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in to the Blues Plus podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll be talking. Maybe we'll try and fit one in between game six and seven because we're planning on there being a game seven. If not, we'll catch up after either the season's over or they're moving on to the second round. Find all of our Blues coverage at ksdk.com and, of course, on Channel 5. 
with our nightly sportscast, and we'll be breaking down the games there as well. For Hannah Yates and Ahmad Hicks, I'm Corey Miller. Hopefully we'll see you back soon.